Welcome to the Digital News Report 2020, a podcast from the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism at the University of Oxford. I'm Federica Cherubini. Man, the bombers are afraid of a fight. Peace hurts business and that ain't right. How do I know? In every episode, we dive deep into one of the aspects covered by Auna Our Report, the most comprehensive piece of research on news consumption worldwide. I'm the head of leadership development at the Institute, and for this podcast, I'm joined by the authors of the report. Our guest today is Kimge Andi, research fellow and co-author of the Digital News Report. With Simge today, we'll discuss how journalism discovery climate change. We'll look at how different sources people use to learn more about climate change and how this is affected by age, education, and political affiliation. And we'll also hear about the extent to which different groups value the media's coverage of this complex subject and ask how it could be improved. Thank you for joining us, Simge. I'm happy to be here. For context, the Digital News Report is the most comprehensive comparative report on news consumption in the world based on data collected by an online survey of more than 80,000 people in 40 markets. The bulk of this report is based on data collected in January and February, just before the coronavirus hit many of these countries, but also draws on updated surveys in April at the height of the lockdown in many countries. The report is an essential guide for any senior media executive, but also for anyone willing to learn more about the news ecosystem today. Simge, back to our topic for today. Climate change is a defining issue of our time, according to the United Nations, with an impact that is global in scope and unprecedented in scale. The role of news media is critical in shaping public opinion, but many people still do not always feel personally or directly affected. However, the past year seems to have marked a shift in terms of public and political interest, with more people across the globe, particularly the young, joining demonstrations and strikes led by the generation leaders like Greta Thunberg. Much of this support, in turn, has been mobilized not by traditional channels like television, but through social networks like Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And its generational pressure is combined with a series of real events which have included a record melting of the ice sheets, um, floods in Europe, devastating fires in the Amazon and Australia, all of which have um, raised the climate issues higher in, in the media agenda. What does the report say about how concerned people are about climate change? Um, well, in our data, we find that in most countries we surveyed, um, there seems to be a clear consensus about the seriousness of the issue. Um, it seems that climate change uh, really matters to most people. And on average, across all markets, um, around 69% of our respondents state that they consider this issue to be an extremely or very serious problem. And we find that only a minority, 9% of our respondents, uh, do not see uh, climate change as a serious issue. I mean, of course, there is some variation uh, across the countries we surveyed. And in some countries, uh, concern seems to be higher. Like, for instance, um, around 90% of respondents in Chile, Kenya, and South Africa uh, view climate change as a very or extremely serious uh, issue. Um, and this is not very surprising, I guess, because um, Chile and some countries in Africa have historically shown high levels of concern. I mean, Chile ha also had internal population displacements last year as a result of a de decade-long drought. In Africa, too, um, many countries are already severely affected by the consequences of climate change. 
So I guess um, it is natural that the level of concern is higher in, in some areas of the world, but um, on average, uh, it seems that climate change um, is a serious issue for uh, the majority of our respondents. And is concern about climate change highly polarized by market, political outlook, or are there any outliers? Um, in some countries, yes, uh, but let's get there in a second. Um, I mean, when we look at the previous literature on climate change, uh, we see that political alignment uh, is usually um, a factor that may help explain the differences of climate change perception. And we also uh, observe uh, this to a certain extent in, uh, in the markets we surveyed. So according to our data analysis, we find that generally, the more left one sits on the political spectrum, the higher the levels of concern about climate change. Um, further, in markets where the issue itself is highly politicized, um, differences are even uh, bigger. Uh, for example, let's look at the United States, uh, as we know, a highly polarized country, uh, also on climate change issues. And uh, we find that in, in the United States, 89% uh, of our respondents, uh, of those who self-identify on the left, uh, they say that climate change is a serious issue. Whereas only 18% of those who self-identify on the right do the same thing. This is a big difference between the left and the right uh, among our respondents. We find a similar divide in Sweden, uh, Greta Thunberg's home country, where um, and we see that sometimes um, the right-wing websites uh, in Sweden play a significant role in opposing the scientific consensus uh, on a range of issues, including the climate change. So uh in short uh, yes especially in countries where we observe high levels of polarization we also seem to observe uh stark differences in the level of levels of concern about climate change and how does concern around climate change as a problem translate into participation in online debate um Participation in online debates or conversations, I guess, can take in various ways. Um, one way, uh, and we use this uh, in our analysis, uh, is one version is sharing news on social media. And we looked at this and we had, uh, we, we analyzed uh, the proportion sharing news on social media or via email among those who are concerned or not concerned about climate change. And I think what we found was quite interesting um, because in, I mean, in many countries, those with the highest levels of concern seem to be more active in terms of sharing news. For instance, in Chile, where we record the highest degree of concern over climate change, uh, we find that most of the online sharing comes from uh, those with the highest levels of concern. Um, however, when we go to uh, countries uh, with high levels of polarization, uh, we find a different picture. And we find that those that are less concerned uh, in these countries, uh, while they are fewer in numbers, they frequently report sharing news stories online. For example, in the US, uh, we find that those who say that climate change is not a serious issue, they're as likely to share news via social media or email as those who are extremely concerned about climate change. And furthermore, in Sweden, the least concerned about climate change 
are almost twice as likely to share news online as those who believe that climate change is a serious issue. So what we find is in both of these polarized countries, we see that uh, this vocal, we see a minority that's highly vocal and they seem to be making a big noise online. That's super interesting. And what does the report say about how do people get informed about climate change? Um, well, our data show that in general, uh, people pay more attention to television news when it comes to climate change than to other forms of media. And this is actually in line with previous research on this topic, so no surprises there. Um, second most popular is online news sites of major news organizations. Um, and we also see that uh, several respondents uh, pay attention to specialized outlets uh, covering climate issues, as well as alternative sources such as social media and blogs. By comparison, uh, we find that, I mean, I find it striking that uh, printed newspapers and radio are even less important as a source of news than conversations with uh, friends and family. Uh, when we break down the data into different age groups, uh, we also observe some variation in terms of the news sources people pay attention to when it comes to climate change. For instance, we find that while television is uh, prevalent uh, among respondents over uh, the age of 35, alternative sources such as social media and blogs are more popular among younger groups. Uh, for instance, 18 to 24 year olds, uh, the so-called Gen Z, are three times, more, uh, three times as likely to access um, alternative sources of news around climate change when compared to those who are over 55. So there's a big um, difference in terms of age groups. Um, we also asked some um, open uh, questions to our respondents and some of them told us that, uh, told us more about why they use social media for uh, climate change news. And when we look at these respondents, for instance, many of them um, talk about the value they got from accessing news directly from activists like Greta Thunberg. Um, others said that they pick up news by following celebrities. Uh, for instance, Leonardo DiCaprio came up uh, in a few, a few times in, the, uh, in our data. And um, some others like uh, talked about using a wide, ra wide range of different sources in combination with the mainstream media. Wide range of sources, what do I mean by that? Like smaller issue specific uh, websites. And uh, further, as well as following activists and influencers on social media, it seems that younger groups are also accessing traditional brands uh, on these platforms, on social media platforms. For instance, National Geographic, uh, they seem to be finding a new audience with their uh, more visual Instagram and Facebook posts on the subject. And you mentioned at the beginning, there are still a few people that remain skeptic about the issue of climate change. What do we know about them and how they get informed about climate change and how much attention do they pay about, about the topic? Um, yeah, so... I'm, I'm a bit uh, maybe reluctant to call them skeptics because of our question uh, that we pose our respondents, but I think maybe a better, or better way of referring to them might be just calling them the least concerned because of our, uh, our question. Uh, 
Uh-huh. Uh, so I will just refer to them as the least concerned. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, but uh, And the way we categorize our respondents according to our data is if a respondent chose to say that they think that climate change is a problem that's not very serious or not serious at all, then we call them the least concerned. And when uh, we look at the uh, sources of news they pay attention to when it comes to climate change, uh, first of all, we see that around a third uh, of the least concerned respondents say that they do not pay attention to news about climate change. Um, this is, I mean, 30%. Uh, it's, it's a bit uh, much. And uh, many of these tend to have lower levels of education and they're generally less interested in news, not just climate change news, but in, in news in general. Um, and then when we look at the types of media of those who do pay attention, um, but still say that climate change is not serious, uh, then we see that they're less likely to use mainstream media. And these respondents are also as likely to use alternative sources such as social media when compared with those that are um, more concerned about climate change. And uh, we see like differences between the levels of using television news, for instance, between those who take climate change seriously versus those who don't. Uh, only 20% use, 20% uh, of those, uh, the least concerned uh, respondents say that they rely on television news about uh, climate change. Um, this is even lower for um, online news sites of major news organizations. Um, so I guess the news consumption habits of those, if they're paying attention, um, is quite different from the ones, uh, the ones that are least, between the ones that are uh, the least concerned and the ones that are most concerned. Uh huh. And, and generally speaking, how do people feel that the media is doing in covering the issue and informing the public? Um, what can we say about what constitutes a good or bad coverage of, of the topic? Um, we, in this survey, we asked how the news media perform in providing accurate information about climate change um, and, how, and also uh, in terms of helping people understand what they can do personally about climate change. And what we find is um, across markets, around half of our respondents say that the news media do a good job in providing accurate information about climate change. However, there is again the difference between um, the ones that we call the least concerned and uh, the more concerned. Um, so what we find is that those who say that climate change is not a serious problem, they're far more likely to think that the media are doing a bad job than a good job. Mm -hmm. Um, and we observe a similar story when we ask about how well um, the media perform in terms of helping people understand what they can do personally about climate change. Again, we have an overall consensus that the media uh, are doing, the news media are doing a good job, but then we have a minority uh, that take a very, very different view. So I guess the perception of the role of the news media and climate change seems to differ among those who think climate change is serious or not. And this is um, like combined with their um, high usage of, of, relatively high usage of uh, alternative sources like social media. Um, this might suggest a loss of confidence by the least concerned group in the mainstream media. I mean, this may be due to various things, uh, but maybe due to how trustworthy or biased they think the news media or when it comes to reporting on climate change, among others. 
We also see that um, critics from both left and right, they accuse the media of um, not being bold enough in their coverage or being relentlessly doom-laden and negative, or even following hidden agendas when they're covering uh, climate change. And sometimes uh, these critiques uh, are not specific to climate change, and maybe they are probably part of uh, wider concerns about the news media. And I guess uh, it takes me to my, to my final question. What type of opportunities do you think exist for news organizations to engage with their audiences better about around, around climate change topics? And, and are there any risks about becoming a campaigning news outlets? And, and, and if so, what are those? Climate change is a very challenging subject to cover, I think. Um, it's because there are so many groups that appeal uh, for the news media and the subject itself is quite complicated. It's uh, it's scientific, right? It has like lots of um, different factors that contribute to a phenomenon that is quite difficult for uh, some people to understand. And so it, it requires, the subject itself requires translation of scientific language, complex scientific language into attractive content for a very diverse audience. For instance, um, the least concerned respondents in our data were highly critical of the mainstream media. And they reported that they often use alternative sources, including social media. I mean, we could say that uh, these attitudes they report are maybe not unique to climate change, but the issue, the climate change issue itself, reflects the existing strong divisions. Um, among the different segments of the population. I mean, we see this, especially in countries that already have high levels of political polarization. I mean, like the United States, for instance. Um, furthermore, the news media have, uh, have to appeal to younger audiences. Um, and we see that maybe young people are not as disapproving of the mainstream media um, as other segments of the population but they still like to embrace alternative sources and they're possibly in search for, for more authenticity and maybe uh, more diverse points of view. I mean, they follow celebrities, influencers on social media. Um, they, they check smaller and more issue specific web websites, but they also uh, check out the more mainstream sources. I mean, all of this is quite challenging, right? And uh, for, for news organization in terms of um, catering for different audiences and producing complex scientific content um, in, in new formats, I guess, in new formats that will be appealing to, to all these different groups of people. And we see that uh, some media organizations are already responding to these trends. Um, I mean, The Guardian, for example, uh, they already started talking about climate emergency rather than climate change. Um, we also see some other publications, they, um, they started to take more content uh, that is like um, sponsored or promoted by NGOs and foundations and possibly with an interest in shifting policy choices. I mean, some of these, uh, some people might, may find these useful um, and they might be um, acceptable to some, again, some audiences, some segments of the audiences, but I guess any shift towards uh, a more campaigning type of journalism uh, will, also will also need to remember that there are stark partisan differences, especially in countries with um, high levels of polarization about climate change. And um, this is, particularly important um, as we observe 
uh, a widespread desire in our data set for a lack of hidden agendas about climate change news. Right. Thank you very much, Singa, to, to talking to us today and helping understand uh, such a complex topic. And thank you for joining us to this, uh, to um, thank you for joining us to listening to our fifth episode of the Digital News Report um, 2020. In the next and last episode, we'll be joined by Rachel Fretcher um, to talk about how people want the media to cover politics. If you missed the previous episodes um, where we look at various topics from the report, such as the future of local news, why and how people pay for online news and the rise of loyalty drivers like newsletter and podcast, you can find them on our podcast channel on Spotify or Apple podcast. Make sure you follow the channel so you don't miss any of the future episodes. Um, you can find the report online and the chapter by Sidga um, about climate change coverage at digitalnewsreport.org. And to stay up to date with all the news from the Institute, subscribe to our newsletter by clicking the link in our Twitter bio at RISJ um, underscore Oxford or through on our, our homepage. We'll be back next week with our final episode of this series. Thank you. Pick up a copy anytime you choose. Seven little pennies in the newsboy's hand and you ride right along to Never Never Land.